Katrina Hakina. I love you too. I love the music too, and it also. Jesus. Oh Lord Jesus. Good morning. What a morning after yesterday. Just remembering everything that Jesus went through. It was devastating. Good morning, Miss Knight. God bless you so. It was a devastating yesterday. George Long and Jeannie Strain. <laughs> it's good to see you as well. Good morning, Penny. Hi, Jasmine. Good to see you, Brenda. Good morning. Oh. I was just pondering, for those of you who are just signing on, I was pondering on just going through the whole week really uh, trying to create virtually through words the the tragic journey and days that the Lord had to experience for us and I have to tell you after yesterday's my my spirit felt drained <laughs> I I saw it in a way that I had never seen it before. I was able to recollect the, the seed of God's true love for us. And on today, we, we're going to, in remembering that thought of yesterday, try to step into the environment and the atmosphere of the people that were there, the followers, and really get a true experience, as I would say, for that day and understanding that day. Saturday. Lord, you're resting for me. You're lying there for me. Resting for me. You're lying there for me. Resting for me. Lying there for me. Resting there for me. For me.
You did it for me, for me. Body's torn and wrapped. <laughs> the atmosphere was sad. Our poor Jesus lying there just for me. you to go back to that moment go back to yesterday's thought place yourself on the grounds of Golgotha imagine the feelings of the people imagine the disappointment of Jesus come together on this Saturday morning to revisit the moment and the time and the atmosphere of what was truly going on on this Saturday after Good Friday after you were crucified Lord allow us to step right on the grounds of the dirt and experience that moment in reality to increase our understanding and our knowledge and our appreciation for what you've done for us. For Lord, this is the day that you have made. And yet this is the day that you laid silent we still rejoice and be, are glad in it, Father, because we trust your promise. Lord, my prayer is that you will bless every person that's on today. Bless Sammy, Lord, George, and Penny, and Jeannie, Brenda, Kimberly, and Fred, Katrina, Gina, Jackie. Miss Knight, those names I can see, those names that I can't see. Bless them, God. <sighs> Tremendously. Open our ears, God, to hear this word as it comes from you. Open minds to hear you, Father. For you said that your people perish due to the lack of knowledge. God, we seek knowledge. We desire to be planted by the river. Deeply rooted, God, so that we could bear good fruit. In our faith, in our walk, in our minds, every, in every way. 
Thank you for the remembrance of this incredible Saturday of Holy Week, the day before you get up from that grave. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name, your mighty, 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 mighty name. We come to agreeance in prayer on this one. In your name, God. Amen and amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Do me a favor for the next two minutes. Let's give God his just due of praise. Let's give him a standing ovation. <laughs> For what he's done for us. Give it to him. We worship you, oh God. For all you've done for us. We worship you, oh God. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God. There you go. Only you. Hallelujah. Reflecting back, there was a party thrown for Jesus. A woman was there. She washed his feet with her hair in honor of him, the disciples. People watched. Jesus made a decision to go back into Jerusalem. He didn't go there in a Mercedes. He didn't go there on a camel. He didn't go there on a horse. He showed up on a donkey. Traditionally, donkey was a sign of peace. I come to you in peace. When he gets there, he finds the place had become totally disrespected. The temple where they're exchanging money, it became a horrible place. Jesus destroyed it. He dealt with the bad mouths Pharisees that questioned him. He challenged him. He had to deal with Judas. 
plotting to kill him for a little bit of silver. People talking about him. He he dealt with that that week. He he dealt with the disciples sitting at the table and they were communing and reclining and eating and breaking bread and drinking wine and the same one who already betrayed him sat at the table. He dealt with it. God knew. He had to deal with his mother watching him going through the process of the crucifixion, watching his arms being nailed to the cross beams of wood, his ankles anchored into the wood. And then she had to witness him also carrying that 110 pound piece of wood up Golgotha Hill, the place of the skull. Mama cried, John was there. Many watched, spit on him, socked him, put a crown of thorns on his head. He went through the entire process of death. He showed love the entire time. And he never got down. Then finally he said, it is finished. He took his last breath. He asked for something to drink. They gave him a spoiled cheap wine on a sponge. He offered love and grace and mercy to the thief that laid next to him on the cross before he died. Then again, he said, it is finished. Then Jesus died. Today is the next day after Jesus's death. Can you imagine how the people felt that were followers of his? knowing without a shadow of a doubt that he was God. We saw you, Jesus. We saw you fix people. We saw you heal people. We've seen you change lives. We've seen you show grace and mercy. The woman caught in adultery, the woman with the issue of blood. God, we, see, we saw you. We've gave you all of our hope. We gave you all of our beliefs. We're so excited about you, Jesus. Yet you warned us that this day was coming. You were still here. We just believed you. You were too mighty for that. You were too mighty to die. You were too strong to die. You were too powerful to die. God, we watched you do it all. Something about hearing you say that you won't be here was something that we didn't want to hear. So we threw it out of our, our, our mindset. We didn't want to believe that. No, not our God, not the God who can part the sea so that people can go through it. Not the one that it can turn water to wine, but we're watching you hang there, dead. 
We're watching you turn colors. We're watching your skin harden. All of our hope. So many questions. How did Jesus die? Holy Saturday commemorates the day that Christ laid in the tomb after his death. Some people call it Easter. Some Resurrection Sunday. Some call it Easter even, some call it Black Saturday, or simply the Saturday before Easter. Today we're going to deal with what is Holy Saturday? What was going on? This is the seventh day of Holy Week. After Jesus' week started off so grand and ended so tragic. This is the day in which Jesus rested from his life planned work. Finally, the rest from everything he's done from the birth coming from Mary till taking his last breath, seven. This is the seventh day of Holy Week. He rested from his work of doing what it takes to provide salvation. <laughs> when, he, when he cried out, it is finished, there was no further price for him to pay. All of earth's sin, all of man's sin had been atoned for, had been accounted for. He gave us a chance. And now on this Saturday, his body is rested, laying in a nearby borrowed tomb. On that Saturday, God's body remained there the entire day. Let's go to Matthew 27, 59, and 60. And it reads, And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb. Then he went away. Jesus was laying in a place that was very special to Joseph. For the Bible says he with his own hands he took the body and wrapped it in linen shroud and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. It wasn't just any old tomb. Joseph spent time 
carving out that cave hole. He intended for that place to be his own place of final resting. This place meant a lot to Joseph. But because it was Jesus, and because they got the permission from Pilate, he wanted what he considered his best for Jesus. It says he was wrapped in clean linen shroud with the blood that drips from God's body. Can you imagine that expensive piece of linen being soaked with God's precious blood as he wrapped him? He used his best to take care of Jesus. Makes me wonder how people question the responsibility of being prepared to serve our loved ones when they go. These people loved Jesus. And if you love someone, you'll take responsibility. Joseph being a wealthy member of the Sahedrin and a secret disciple finally stood up, all secrets set aside. Pontius Pilate, can I please have Jesus' body? Even after his death, he was changing the life of people because now Joseph who was a secret follower of Jesus and a wealthy member of the Sahedrin was now standing up, putting all secrets aside. Jesus was still changing lives after he died. So they took the body of Jesus, they bound him in linen. Not only that, the scripture says that they put spices on him, which was a common custom of the Jews. They acted upon their love for Jesus in spite of the lost hope, the sadness that they were dealing with, the disappointment, what's going to happen next? Jesus is gone. It's reminding me of that movie, The Black Panther. When the king that they had elected, you all remember the king that they had elected had been killed, they thought. You remember how the people lost hope? Everything seemed to change. Everything precious to them was burnt down, was torn down. This is what the people felt. When Jesus had died, 
sprinkling the myrrh and sprinkling the aloes and wrapping them in the fine linen was not an easy task. They're doing this to someone that they had so much hope in. Can you imagine the tears that dropped? Can you imagine the pain they felt on the inside? We have to take care of Jesus like this. After all that Jesus has done for us, we've got to do this for him like this. Our king, the one we followed, the one we trusted, dead, what? Isaiah 53 says this. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is letting us know that Jesus' death is fulfilling prophecy. This is the prophecy spoken. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. And he, we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet. We consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We were oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Jesus stayed his purpose. If Jesus would have opened his mouth and spoke, something would have happened. Remember Jesus's power behind his words when he spoke. Let us make man in our image. He made the earth. He separated the waters. Whenever Jesus spoke, something happened. Jesus told Lazarus, get up, man. Lazarus got up from the dead. If Jesus would have spoke, Something would have happened, but the Bible then prophecy said he did not open his mouth. He was laid like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep for the shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Remember they spit on him and made him get up that hill and slapped him and kicked him and put a thorn on his head? Remember that? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions, transgressions of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Talking about Joseph. Though he had not done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. 
Remember, he still said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He told the thief, you're going to be with me in paradise. Even after all that, he didn't have a bad thing to say. This moment was fulfilling the prophecy that he and his dad had stamped in place. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. The will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, suffered he will see the light of life and he will be satisfied. <laughs> Jesus fulfilled the promise that he made to himself for us to give us salvation. And now on this Saturday, the reflection and the after effect of his promise placed him in a borrowed tomb wrapped in linen, finally resting. That day was a day of somber reflection. Can you imagine the disciples remembering everything God had told them? Going over the prophecies. Mary, probably not even laying on her bed, probably on the floor, screaming out to who? My son, he's gone. Stephanie, yes, there's no one like Jesus. What if God didn't go through the crucifixion? Have you ever wondered? A fight for hope for some is what it was in thinking about it. For others, they still celebrated. There were some who still celebrated. Remember those who was tossing and playing games and gambling? And... There were some who were still playing games. They were glad that Jesus was up there. Some people start growing hair on their chest because they really believe they've done something. While the others were sad. If Christ had never been raised, our faith would be futile. You will still be in sin according to 1 Corinthians 15, 17 is what it says. Your faith would still be futile. What is futile? Useless, pointless, and fruitless. God did not embarrass us because we know the end of the story. So you had some who were happy Jesus was there. You had some who were disappointed that Jesus was there. There were some who lost hope knowing that Jesus was lying there. The disciples scattered. Man, they left when he was arrested. The disciples scattered before he was even dead. Why? Because life was right in front of their faces. The days of yesterday, the powers of yesterday, the miracles of yesterday were no longer prevalent in their eyes because they were forgetting so fast as they watched their Jesus be arrested and taken away. They started believing the mind games that the enemy was giving them. Some ran in fear. And we're losing hope. You know, sometimes we run in fear and lose hope. 
Because life is right dead smack in our face. Sometimes we forget about the power of God. You, we forget about that he led people out of Egypt. We forget about how he shut the mouths of the lions and with Daniel. We forget about David and Goliath and how David conquered. We forget because it's right in our face. Well, this is where they were. The disciples had scattered when Jesus was arrested. Mark 14 and 50 said it clearly. And they left him and fled. They left Jesus. Do you not think Jesus saw them leaving? Did you not think God knew that they had left? You guys should have known. Imagine that disappointment that Jesus had to take with him upon his death. The day between Christ's crucifixion and his resurrection would have been a time of grief and a time of shock. The stunned disciples tried to understand the murder of Jesus. They probably spent hours trying to understand the betrayal of Judas. They probably tried to understand what killed their hope. What I find amazing is on this day that the people who played a part of Jesus' death really believed, even in his dead state, that they could put him in prison in that tomb. <laughs> even dead. They arrested him when he was alive, but even dead. They really believed that they could arrest him in his tomb, that they could keep him there. Even after they've witnessed Jesus put an ear back on a man as they tried to arrest him, Peter cut off. Even after Jesus was dead, they tried to keep him there. The Roman soldiers was placed there to make sure that he didn't get out. What does that tell you? There was still a seed of faith, even in the ones who said they didn't believe. Because if they didn't believe that Jesus would really come up, he, Pilate, would not have had to have to send any Roman soldiers to stand at the gate. They claimed they put them there so that the disciples would not come and steal them. But I believe those same soldiers who were watching Jesus in the background still had a, a fear. And believing that he possibly can't. Man, let me tell you, man, he did raise some folk from the dead. I never believe the atheists and all of them who say that they don't believe Jesus exists. I believe they have faith in the size of a wonder. Because even I've met so many atheists when they're laying on their sick bed. And they don't know which way to go or when the streak of pain hits them. They look for the praying saints. They don't look for another atheist or a non-believer. They go to the praying saints. Can you pray for me?
Matthew 27, 62 through 66. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter, come on now, we remember God's word. <laughs> we remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting the guard. By no means. As popular as Pilate was, and as many people in that land, and as many people were paying attention to Jesus lying in that tomb, by no means. Do I believe that they would feel that the disciples could get away with coming to get Jesus and all these people's eyes are paying attention to that tomb? Somebody was scared just in case. <laughs> just in case was the spirit of the air. So they put the soldiers before the tomb. If the soldiers didn't believe that Jesus could really get up. Would they have even wondered? Something to think about. After sundown on Friday, the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees visited Pontius. This visit was on the Sabbath. Since the Jews reckoned a day of starting at sundown, they asked Pilate for a guard to cover the tomb, in which they did. They weren't afraid of dead Jesus. They were afraid of Jesus' promise. They weren't afraid of the dead Jesus. They were afraid of Jesus' promise. Think about it. He promised that he was going to get up. This is what was happening on that Saturday. John 2, 19 and 21. The Jews said to him, it has taken 46 hours to build the temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. In John 2 and 19, they were talking about rebuilding the temple. And Jesus was giving them another precaution. What takes you 46 years to build a physical temple? Jesus was talking about, I am going to raise up this temple, rebuild this temple, me, in just a few days. The possibilities of Jesus were still being looked at as impossible to many, unsure to some, and just in case for others. On this Saturday, 
of Holy Week. Don't you know that Jesus' promises still works after he's gone? If Pilate and them would have known that Jesus' promises still work after he's gone, his promises are still working now. After he took his last breath, his promises still work. <laughs> On this Saturday, Jesus was known for conquering hell and the grave which is another huge argument. People want to know, did Jesus go to hell between his death and resurrection? And I'm going to try to break it down as simple as I possibly can. Did Jesus go to hell between death and the resurrection? There's a thing called the Apostles' Creed. And in the Apostles' Creed, it says that he descended into hell. The question would be, what is the Apostles' Creed? Who wrote the Apostles' Creed? And what is it about? Okay. The Apostles' Creed is not found in the Bible. The Apostles' Creed was not written by the Apostles. Rather, it was written at least 150 years after the apostles all had died. It is called the Apostles' Creed because it is supposed to be a record of what the apostles taught. The Apostles' Creed is just that. Okay, now let's try to answer this question. It is important to first understand that the Bible teaches about what happens after death to be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord we hear that all the time okay in the hebrew scriptures the word used to describe the realm of death is sheol s-h-e-o-l okay and it simply means to be the place of the dead or the place of the departed souls or spirits it's just the place of the dead or the departed souls or spirit. When people die, there's a place that's called Sheol. The New Testament Greek equivalent to Sheol is a place called Hades. In Greek, it's Hades. In Hebrew, it's Sheol. Okay, they're equivalent. And it refers to the place of the dead. There are other scriptures in the New Testament that indicates that Shoel and Hades are a temporary place. Okay, It's a place where the souls are kept and they await the final resurrection and judgment. Okay, now. There's a third piece that we hear people talk about, and it's called the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is the permanent and final place of judgment for those who are lost. These people are lost, so they go into the lake of fire. Hades, or Sheol, 
is a temporary place. Okay. Many people confuse the two because they refer to both Hades and the lake of fire as being hell, and it causes a great confusion. Sheol and Hades and the lake of fire, hell, are separate. Okay. Ephesians 4, 8, and 10. The question is, did God go to Sheol and Hades? Or did God go to hell and come out? Okay. This, Ephesians 4, 8 through 10, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions, which is Sheol and Hades? Who he who ascended to the very one also ascended higher than to heaven in order to fill the whole universe. So the question is, did Jesus go to hell? No. Did Jesus go to Shoel and Hades? Yes. Don't confuse the two. They're two separate ones. All of this is what was happening on this Saturday. The day before, Jesus arose from the dead, and the day after, he died. He conquered Hades and Shuel and the grave before he was risen on the third day. I pray that it helps you. I'm going to read one scripture from 1 Peter 3, 18 and 20. For Christ also suffered once for your sins, for sins, the righteous, for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. As Jesus neared death, he said, it is finished. His suffering in our place was completed. On this Saturday, as he laid rested, this is what his spirit was doing. God bless you. I pray that it helps you. On tomorrow, it is Resurrection Sunday. My prayer is that many of you, no, that all of you are in someone's church fellowship celebrating the day that Jesus got up for us no matter what city you are in what no matter what state are you in make this be not a day that you go just because you call it easter just because you brought a new dress or a new suit my prayer is that on this day it would be the beginning to a new habit to a new lifestyle. For the Bible says, where two or more gather, there he will be in the midst. Go be in the midst, in the presence of God, in the, in the form of koinonia, fellowship with one another, to be encouraged, to be taught. 
to grow. Don't let nothing stop you. If you need a wheelchair, use a wheelchair. If you're in a walker, use a walker. If you don't have anything to wear, wear what you have. But get there. This week, many years ago, opened up a great opportunity for us. It would be a shame to miss this celebration. You don't miss your birthday. You don't miss Christmas to get a lot of gifts. Don't miss this day. And this time, you're understanding a more a true reason, a more in-depth reason. And if you haven't been on here, go through the whole week. It's all on YouTube. Go to my YouTube channel, Monday through Saturday. So that Resurrection Sunday means what it really is supposed to mean to you, to change you, to grow you. I'm pointing at me too. Don't allow Jesus' work to be in vain. It's hard work that he did. Come on, saints. Let's get it together. God bless you. I pray that this word was an understanding to you. I've tried to break it down as simple as I possibly could. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.